Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Podcast guest today on Gypsy Tales. Don't know what number we're up to, but it is my good friend, Robbie Madison. Yeah, mate. What's going on, McAlpine? How are you, doggy? Good, bro. Just flew into the coast. I see that. Nice weather up here and... uh Good to be back on the Goldie. How good? Up here. How good is the Gold Coast? Really good. Think about migrating this way soon. With the fam? Of course. Oh. I'd be nothing without them. How's the kids, the terrors? I know, it's sick. Uh, Rocco's just kind of found his voice. He's laughing and stuff now. So he's at the point where, um, you know, it's like it's hard to communicate with a baby, right? But um, And I travel so much. Like when I come back, I haven't really got that connection with him. And Amy can put him to bed and... Back when we had crews, he was bottle-fed, Jagger's bottle-fed, so I could always kind of had that connection with him where I could calm him down because I guess feeding them is like kind of the ultimate satisfaction for a baby. So Rocco's breastfed, so when he wants to laugh and stuff, he's cool to come with me, but when he wants to be calmed down, like he doesn't want any bar of me, which is, it's all good, but it was kind of like a bit of a kick in the balls for me at the start because I'd travelled a lot, come back, I wanted to get really to know my, my new baby and he didn't want to bar of me, so... But it's been good. Like the 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 dynamic in the family's changed. So the older boys, obviously, cruising year year three now. Oh, sorry, year two. But he's uh he's yeah looking at almost turning seven soon. And then uh, Jagger's uh four and thinks he's seven. And uh and those two kind of butt heads a lot because Jagger they're the total opposite. Cruz is such a sweetheart. Jagger's such a nutcase. Um, but they both had similar um kind of characters, I guess. Where where I mean, on a motorcycle, Cruz is so soft and and such a such a lovely kid but on a motorcycle he's like a bat out of hell and then jagger is kind of you'd think he's a bat out of hell on a bike and he loves riding i guess for a four-year-old he's, he's pretty good but he's a little bit more cautious from what i've noticed but um and then they butt heads a lot but now that the baby's there they've realized they have something in common now so they're learning the share thing which is nice to see and yeah it's just um it's the most important thing for me is my family but traveling so much and obviously the thing that takes priority is is, is uh my business so it's a, it's a tough balance, but um, keeping her head above water. Lucky I've got such an awesome wife that um, you know, understands it and lets me do what I have to do to kind of keep keep uh, the family life sweet. Yeah, Amy's kind of, I guess she's got like a bit of her own character. Like I was showing my girlfriend some videos of you because I was like, oh, Maddo's going to come on and, and you've never met her and stuff like that. So she's like, oh, I don't, who is he? And I was like, surely you've seen some of his like crazy shit. So I was showing videos and he's like, and she goes, oh, that's really cool that his wife is there. So like in all the big stuff that you've done, Amy's kind of always role, been yeah. like, a, she's had a role in it. Like yeah. she's never been in the, in the, 
um, behind the curtains, but at the same time, it's cool because she's not a chick that goes out there looking for it. Yeah, no, but no, I no, think no. that yeah, a lot of people that know you know that a massive part of Robbie Madison is keep because Madison, you've got Madison, Amy Madison. Keep me in, in control. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. for the she's she comes from a family of nutcases as well. Yeah, so yeah, with totally. like with the boys in her family being wakeboard champions and stuff like that. So I think maybe that gave her a bit of a heads up as to like what life with uh, Robbie Madison was going to be like. Yeah, we we often talk about it because when we met, I was like on this. Um, I was doing well. I was traveling internationally, and but I was definitely kind of bouncing off the walls. I was kind of like a ping pong ball, just you know, got blasted down. The, <laughs> I was just going all kinds of places. And whenever I was in Australia, I had a massive harem harem of kind of, of buddies that were just like too many, too much of a. Um, I had way too much of a. Um, of a posse going on, you know, like out of control kind of deal. And, um, and Amy's, just like feeding off each other, just feeding the fire. Yeah. Just everyone wanted to live the lifestyle I was living. And I, and, and I was just the guy that never said no. So I was just like, everyone's like, can I come? Like, yeah, I need 40 tickets to this. I need 50 tickets to that. You know, <laughs> you just had a basketball team with you all the time. <laughs> always. And then we'd go places and, and it always, I'll, I'll always come off second best because, you know, everyone's kind of having a good time and no one's really caring about their conduct and then it always kind of bounce off of me kind of, and you know, I'd be responsible for yeah, it. Yeah, like so. it was your image that got affected. Yeah, and so when when I met Amy, she was like, like, you're a nice guy, but like, why you got all these dudes with you? And I think one of the first nights, it was the first time I met her, we went to meet a, a few buddies. It wasn't 40 of us, but it was definitely more than I needed. Went back to her house um, for, a, for a bit of a party. She invited us back for a drink and... <clears throat> she yeah, just like, didn't know what that meant in yeah, your world. a door went through a wall and... Yeah, I mean, it was just it got out of out of out of hand. But lucky, her parents are super cool, and and her dad. I was good friends with her dad before I even met her. Met her mum before I met her. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so Jono. Jono is a full legend. legend yeah. yeah, and so he, him and I was like we we just clicked, and uh, and then uh, you know, obviously when I met Amy, he was like, "Don't touch my daughter," and uh, and I called him when I was like, "Jono, I'm in your spa with your daughter," and he's like, "Fuck you." Man. <laughs> but, uh, That's so good. So we just been we've been uh. I haven't left since, but uh, yeah, no, she's definitely a. She keeps me on track and she keeps me um, grounded and uh, you know keeps my game face on. So it's 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 good to have there. We always say that she's my fifty cents. You know, like without her, I wouldn't be who I am. And and you know, obviously bring a lot to table. She brings a lot to table, and together we like we make it happen. So yeah, it's like it's a cliche that a lot of. Um a lot of dudes would say like just because it's something they have to say like oh yeah that's my better half or whatever but, like there is a full team dynamic that goes on with you and amy like and i guess there's like i always well i've been thinking more and more lately like there's a spectrum right and if you're on one end of the spectrum or the other then there's like the middle's sort of where normal people are and then you've got the spectrum of like dipshitness and then you've got the spectrum of awesomeness and it keeps going out into like it extends and if you're on either one of those spectrums, you're missing something from that normal balance that's yeah. in the middle. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it just starts shifting. So that whatever's on this bit of the normal that you're missing. And like, that's what, with the stuff that you do, like you've done some of the craziest shit ever of all time. Like you've got records that people won't touch because it's fucking out of control. So it's like, you can't be on that end of the spectrum and not have that stuff that is missing. And, and Amy's so good about picking up that slack as like her part of you know her part of the equation yeah yeah no and she's cool too like where she doesn't try and control me you know she's like 
you know, because a lot of times when I said I was going to jump on a 10-story building and off it, she was just like, and everyone around me was like, you're, you're crazy, like, why are you doing this for? You shouldn't be doing it. Even, you know, Rebel was a su- supporter of that and the, the boss of Rebel came to me and said, you don't have to do this. you got no pressure off us and if you don't want to do it, even on the night, he said, you can pull out right now. Really? And, and, and there'll be no ramifications. Like, we won't be bummed or anything. We totally get it. Like, this is life and death. And he's like, we're doing this because you want to do it and we're supporting you and we're allowing this to happen. And he said, but there's no pressure from us if you want to pull out right now like let's go and have a drink and there's no when no one's bummed and uh no i said i appreciate that but I, I really have to do this for myself and he's like yeah we, we that's yeah. that's why we're here because you've showed us that but we just want to let you know that you there's no pressure from us so if you, you your mind changes it's all good and um and then amy sort of was like the counter she's of that, like you go like, get you my new it. pair of shoes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no uh, no she's totally like she was saying she said to me babe you don't have to do this like we can go back to we can go back to the south coast in Australia and you can never ride a dirt bike again for all I care. She goes, I'll still be with you and still in your corner. And I, that's what's cool about Amy. She didn't, hadn't jumped on board because I'm a dirt bike guy or, yeah. or whatever, you know, just because she didn't jump on for the, the lifestyle or to be, be, to be cool. I would, I would make a bet that her life would be easier dating a regular <laughs> dude at, at some points, you know what I mean? Like some for of the sure. shit, like, so yeah, you, you definitely can't be like, oh yeah, there's so many perks to this life. It's like, that how many times like that's what ricky said she's like how could you stand there and watch him do that and i was like well i said part of it is when you've got when you know i guess from the outside looking in like a random dude tuning into sbs or nbc or whatever like your jump was on you'd look at it without the context of like all the stuff that you've done before leading up to that like someone just doesn't roll out of bed and say i want to just jump on a 10-story building today yeah so it's like uh, people are like how do you train for I'm like i train for my whole life like, yeah, i've been riding like dirt bikes since up. i was a baby and i've been jumping jumping it's all been incremental steps and, and uh, the fear that i've faced has always got greater and greater and greater and then even after jumping in vegas i went and jumped the Corinth canal in, in greece and i realized about to jump the Corinth canal in greece and i thought I'm so lucky i went through what i went with went through in vegas the whole mental preparation and the whole spiritual side of it of like turning off the prefrontal cortex in the brain and getting that stillness in my mind and being totally in the moment and, and being able to just tune in with the presence and, and be aware of the wind in my face and all the stuff that you need to be on point with to make it a successful jump and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. No ego, no this, that, the other, just there for total passion. And, but also, uh, you know, reading the writing on the wall, paying attention to all the little things that could make the jump go either way. And, uh, and when I was in, in Greece, I was like that I realized that jump in Vegas was a prerequisite. If I hadn't been through that, I wouldn't have been able to pull off what I pulled off in Greece because the day I was meant to do it, I actually, is it one of the gnarliest time I've ever done that never really got any massive Yeah, the exposure. Greece one? Yeah, was, I, was I in, think that's probably the gnarlier one that It you was, did. for yeah. sure. I mean, the run-up was tired. You don't see it in, even on the, the, the footage that's on, online, you don't see the actual run-up I went through. I started in, in a hotel's um, in their pool area through the pool gate and they'd emptied the pool the day before so my whole running was flooded and that's part of the reason why I shut it down but my fuel was incorrectly mixed there was this weird vibe that I was picking up that um plus you parachute you were going to wear a parachute, parachute but it was, it was red, red. Yeah. yeah so I was going tell to people just, that story because that's one of my favorites well I was uh shortly but uh ever since I was a kid my first set of gear that I got which was in a in a shop front at the bottom of the street where I grew up on Highlands Parade in Bulleye but um it was just like a, it was an op shop and, and it had for sale kids motocross gear and back in those days they didn't sell kids gear like they did now it was the smallest set I'd ever seen but they were still too big for me they were baggy but they were red and uh, and I think 
because I was too big, my mum made me my own gear um, just because she used to make all my clothes because it was cheap back then and we didn't really have much money. And the money we did have, we bought dirt bikes with it because my parents were cool. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so I, I read, ran this stuff that my mum had made and forever I wanted to get into the motorcycle gear because it was the real deal. And when I started wearing it, it was bright red. And every time I put it on, I'd have a big crash. So I just, my dad, I think, or someone had put the idea in my head that that red was just a bad color for me that it was and so i had this kind of you know this um a thing then in my head for for years that the red was like um was bad for me and I, I guess that created that whole situation where i became superstitious a little bit and uh didn't it didn't you say that it had something to do with like the reds the color of the earth and well, then when, when you're I, jumping jumps that it was like a bit of an attraction to the to the earth yeah, which you got is a good what memory, you don't Chase. want you got a good memory mate. it tripped me out when you said well that. you, you I, know who I'm put that sure. in my head was it was paul check so i i you know going paul check actually saved my career later on in my life but uh he is like an advanced medical practitioner and you know he's he's theories and methods are questionable um to some people but to me i think he's 100 percent one so of the smartest guys again? on the planet um paul check he's just um he, he's a, he's a uh, holistic met, um someone that practices in the holistic space uh, so he does balance of eastern and western medicine but um you know i broke my chest at, uh, at x games and put a rib into my aorta and the doctors wouldn't do open surgery on me because they didn't want to like i needed the, the rib out of my aorta and they said it's stuck there for good and you can't really do anything strenuous run no contact nothing because if that punctures your your aorta even if you're on the operating table we won't be able to save you fuck that and so i was like well just kill me now because i'm not living a lifestyle where i gotta be careful you know and uh and they're like that's just how it is so for the next day i was like pressuring doctors to just do the surgery on me i needed the rib out and they're like we're not doing it you know so i'm like well i'm signing out and they're like you gotta stay here for another two weeks and i'm like i'm going right now and so i had to sign papers to to leave and i called paul check and he said come straight here I went down to Paul's and he assessed me and uh, and then he started me doing these this breathing. So I was stretching from, you know, putting my kind of um, right shoulder to, sorry, my left shoulder to my right hip um, and with breath out and then breath all the way in and opening up and expanding that out. And on about the fourth time, my rib went pop and you literally heard it go. Are you serious? And snap out, yeah. And, and then he massaged all my internal organs and I hadn't eaten in 14 days massage all my internal organs and then my appetite came back he took a twist out of my intestine and he's so awesome at what he does he can feel that and so i mean the person in the pudding he he's he you know that you can you can say whatever you want but he has uh he's a he is a profound person like he's so freaking strong he's, his methods of, of training which i trained under which got me through the jump on and off the building in las vegas and he's he's trained a lot of athletes that have had career-ending injuries and he's brought them back from it and he's he saved my career so but um back to that story with the color of red when i was talking to paul about it because he's a shaman he practices in some ulterior medication and stuff like that um and, and do kind like of, ayahuasca's and stuff like that i was going peyote stuff and uh just brain you know kind of stuff awareness you know bring, awakening people so um you know bringing into the here and the now and, and being aware of it and and so i didn't do that with him but um i, I knew of it and i was just speaking to him because when we'd come in we'd meditate together and uh and he was talking to me about the connectionness that we have with our soul and with with, with um, the universe and how everything is an electrical energy has a frequency and and when you start paying attention to that it's easy to not in this day and age because you got Instagram and updating all the time and Facebook and whatnot but when you really try and get still and when you what where I found was when I was really pushing the lines of what mankind's done I had to go to that next level of of dedication that no one 
usually goes to they kind of yeah, you have to like occupy a different mental space than normal people to do yeah. different things than normal people in a way yeah you can't like push the limits beyond you know you even watch people who are training for an olympics and stuff they'll go off the social media for because you have to give it full dedication you can't you know and a lot of times i have to put it down to just because i got a lot of stuff going on and i just can't give life everything when i'm preoccupied and yeah. trying to trying to be a social you know put output social content and keep people entertained is at, and at your expense almost it, yeah it is but um yeah anyway so it's just been uh it's been a crazy thing but yeah paul paul told me that this this color red was was an earth color and he said yeah it, it makes sense you know because the the frequency of, earth, of red is kind of earthy color and it's going to be attracted to that so that's kind of ma- allowed me to put like a little bit of um a closure to it and just a bit more of an understanding of of colors and i found that you know i'm my i mean some people like those colors you know and some people are, we're all different right but i'm attracted to kind of the blues and, and light like colors like white and and stuff so you know if you notice that uh my bike the main thing i've maintained through, throughout my whole career in my color has, has always been like a, a blue like a cyan blue so it's um it's something that i'll just keep maintaining i mean other people use it. i don't own the color but it's just it's true to me so it's just uh when i see that color it just kind of you know it's when i know that i'm i'm kind of in sync my phone ringing upstairs. Oh, that's somewhere. a good thing. Um, oh, Ains is going to get on it. Um, yeah, that whole... I remember that that conversation. I don't remember, like, where it was or how it... I mean, yeah, I can't remember where it was, but I never, ever, ever uh, forgot when you said, like, I was going to wear a parachute for the Corinth Canal jump, but it was red, so I fucked it off. And I was just like, bro, if you had to, like... If you were thinking that you needed to wear a parachute, because it was like, what was it, 80 meters or 80 feet down to the <laughs> the bottom of that canal? Yes, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty much just, on, just shy of 300 feet across it and just shy of 300 feet to the bottom. So 300 feet's close to 100 meters. Uh, what is it? Yeah, it's about 100 meters. It was decent. Like definitely was going to kill you if you hit the bottom. And then the problem with the Corinth Canal, it's, it's shaped like a bit of a upside-down pyramid. So... Um, pentagonal shape upside down i guess and um so if you fell off you're pretty much gonna do the homer simpson bounce off the walls the whole way down (laughs) and so you're gonna be knocked out by the time you get to the bottom yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) exactly but um the other part the the reason why i thought the parachute is is i was um i went and watch i went and checked that jump out um a guy used to be friends with uh, morgan carlson he he had the idea or he was pushing it and kind of working for red bull at the time and said matter come check this jump out uh you know, need to, uh, you need to check it out, you know, and it's like, if anyone's going to jump it, it's going to be you. So I went out of there, hung out with Morgan and we, we, we looked at it and I was like, uh, it could be jump, but you know, uh, you know, like it, you got to be, has some kind of reward out of this or something, you know, and, 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 and it's really not the philosophy of rebels. Like they help you to achieve dreams. Um, and so I was, it wasn't really my dream it was someone else's but at the same time it just annoyed me and it kind of got under my skin so i left there it was, it was like a no no um like a no pressure situation it was like just totally. come and look at it come and check it out yeah. yeah no strings attached just if you want to jump it we just want you to see it and see it in, in all its glory so i checked it out and anyway a i couple- bet it looked big with no ramps too because oh, the ramps would make it look smaller because like especially that down ramp is like a really big fixture and i think that Anytime you add like a down ramp or something, you, you, you start seeing the gap for what it is, not like this huge crater in the earth that like when you're just standing there and it's like flat on the other side, it'd look way gnarlier than I think it actually looks when it's final, uh, finally built. 
Yeah, it's a hard one because, you know, when, when you put the – the thing was it wasn't the perfect setup. So if the running – you had to sit there and kind of envision it because the running – we had to scaffold it because it wasn't a smooth, flat running. And then the run out went straight into like a parking lot and there was like a wall and telephone poles and bushes and all this stuff. So I was like, you know, took the Rebels kind of ramp guys to come in and, and survey the area and figure out, all right, we we'll bring this area up. We can put this landing ramp. And once it, once it all went in, the jump went in, it still looked – pretty messed up because it was like it, it looked death defying you know he's like if if you're gonna if this doesn't go right like you're clearly dead it was like and the um, old alligator pit and then you had to jump the sharks with laser beams just to get to the jump yeah and then after you land and if if once it was all set up when i landed the landing i only had like about 200 feet to stop and then it'll straight into a wall and uh you know and i kind of wanted the ramp i ramp up the wall just in case i couldn't stop but then that would just shoot me into like a parking parking lot with cars, you know, I was like, and they couldn't get rid of them. So I just said, oh no, I'll just stick the landing and I'll break hard. I'm, I grew up racing bikes and I, I know how to break, you control breaking. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so um, that jump just became pretty gnarly. But yeah, two years went by where I just didn't commit to it. And then I was I was actually going, uh, when I was riding for Parts Unlimited, uh, Parts Unlimited I was with, uh, with Victor Sheldon, jet ski legend, and uh, we were driving cross country and, going from somewhere to somewhere and so we're just having one of those boys road trips and we're just shooting the shit and uh he's like what's what's a jump matter that's like really scares you and i start talking about this jump and he's like why don't you just do it i'm like because it's fucking dangerous I and he's fucking like, die yeah and he's like he's like well, well why why is it so dangerous and all the rest of the shit you've done you know you jumped the football field you jumped a building this that the other and i'm like so i start explaining the, the gap and i said well my biggest fear is that when i run in once you get past that point when you when you're hauling ass and you're going so oh, fast yeah. if something mechanical happens between that spot and the ramp and you're going too fast to stop but you don't jump the jump you're going in the hole and that's why i want the parachute because i'm like if i snap a chain or the bike bogs or oh. whatever happens in that little spot then like you're totally screwed and uh and he said well how many times has that happened to you and i said none he said well why are you worried about it? I'm like, because it's a potential risk. He said, but everything's a potential risk. So just the way he kind of shot down the the, the fear of it, um, not that he had to man up and stare at it, but it was cool just to have him... Just a, a perspective A different perspective it, yeah. of like, be confident, like walking this, like you're walking everything. Because he's like, you've done all these other jumps and you've never landed in the middle and your bike's never shut down on you. And he's like, have faith in your equipment, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do the jump. I said, because this is like the stuff that i've dreamed of and this is the mindset that gets me through all these crazy shit is that when i was a kid i dreamed of doing this stuff i dreamed of having the platform and of of, you know of of of, uh of this type of scenario where you know somewhat the world stops or not really the world stops but just having jumps at a larger scale with with publicity behind it and and then the biggest brand that's like yeah well i just just wanted to follow the steps of evil Knievel is really what you know what i dreamt of as a kid because i watched evil knievel jump as a kid i watched robbie knievel jump and i remember watching those things as a little kid and before freestyle Microsoft was even invented and and getting the tingles and being like wow i want to do that and then all through school i dreamt of of being that person a motorcycle daredevil never spoke of it though like i, I grew up racing and asked at school like what do you want to be when you grew up i knew that i want to be this motorcycle world famous motorcycle daredevil but I never said it just because it just seemed like it was too far fetched. Yeah. But you know, teachers at school would always say, "Write down what your goals are," because if you don't write it down and focus on them, then they'll never come true. And it's that is true. But I never wrote it down. But I just remembered it every day. So it's yeah, not but you all, burned it into your brain. Yeah, although I didn't write it down. I just I I kept it was there, and so I guess 
although I didn't write down, I just stayed fixed on it. And so every decision I made growing up was always based around setting myself up for the best possible way of, of, of realizing this dream. And, and so as I got older and started taking roads that were kind of probably leading me down the wrong path, it was easier for me to kind of check myself before I wreck myself kind of thing and be like, well, is this like helping me get to where I really want to be in life or is this going the opposite way? And sometimes I'd go down the wrong way and, you know, whatever would happen and you'd be, you know, standing for like police officers around you or whatever or, you know, dad shaking you down and be like, yeah, yeah, I, need, I know I need to pull myself together. So that's how probably the one thing that's going to help me kind of um, – get to this position has just been like I've, I've i've always made that decision that i think when i'm making them i think yeah probably a lot of my buddies wouldn't do this right now you know so when i've my first i think the one thing that allowed me to get in this position is when i started working i um you know i kind of wanted to get out of the house i'd been there too long and and uh and so i i was working all the shifts i could work as an electrician in steelworks and i saved up bunch of money and i bought my first house when i was 18 and it's like still i own that house and it's still um the smartest thing i done because when i was 23 i was able to borrow the equity i had in that house and fund myself to go and try this you know this uh this dream out and if it didn't work out you know i could always come back sell the house pay off the loan and i didn't owe anyone a cent so essentially you know other than the 16 years of, of my parents funding me to travel around the country it gave me the foundation to do what i did from the age of 16 through 23 doing my apprenticeship saved my money worked my ass off and was able to invest in myself to be self-made and, and and go down this road and and then you know with with that goal of always you know having these opportunities and dreaming bigger than and taking the ultimate risks i've always been able to put closure to it and being like this is what i wanted this is what my dream has been so when it comes to that hard point when it's like seems so dangerous and daunting i'm always able to be like well, this is what I wanted, and yeah, you and, asked for this, and then I can shut it off and be like, "Well, this is just this is what I asked for." So there's no point now to be a bitch and walk away. I need to find out that whether my dream that I dreamt of so passionately, whether it's meant to be or whether it's meant to kill me, and, and there's been times where I'm just like, I'm about to find out. I'm either going to die tonight or I'm going to walk away and we're going to party like it's 1984. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, and, and so it, it's been it's been cool to have those fears and, and overcome them and, and follow these dreams and it's all it's all part of the the matrix you know it's all part of following your dream and and following your path and um it's been pretty awesome it's kind of led me down roads like even just last week i went to thailand to, with these guys and i was in saying my wife because the day before she, i said look they, these guys want me to go to thailand she's like when i go tomorrow and she's like babe you should go i'm like you said um, there's no way i'm ever going to thailand without you and she's <laughs> like this is an opportunity that you got to take so i was just like thanks babe so it's like she is really um, a backbone of, of, of being able to bring me the stability, the family, the the stuff that's important to me, and then also in my corner to help me just say like, go live your life, go 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 try these things, and, and so it's been. Uh, and so here we are. We're still we're still doing it together. So I think we just last Valentine's Day. It's been like thirteen years now. So. Really, Dude, even for me, like when I was living pretty close to you guys, like Amy's just always been like I don't know. She's just more than a just like some you know your mate's wife like she's really even to me i feel like family with her you know what i mean like she's always really cares about you and she always you know like i don't know she's such a cool 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 person and very blessed yeah there's definitely yeah she's definitely not one of your mates misses sort of thing like she's a really cool person like that for sure for sure what um when you were saying like oh i'm either gonna fucking die or i'm gonna pull it off and we're gonna party like what makes what 
Like, what even mate puts you in a position to like want to find out? Because, like, perfect example is you know Jeff Weatherly. Yeah, Jeff or Jeff. So he's a, he's a good mate, and I, I said, for hey, sure. dude, I want you to come on the podcast. Like, the guy's a legend. I've been mates with him for years. He and I was like, you've got to come on the podcast. And he's like, all right, I'll come on the podcast, but you need to come skydiving with me. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to fucking go skydiving because, like, to me, it's like, look at all this cool shit, and i got this and that. And I'm like, just the, like, and it's not even that you I don't, don't risk trust Jeff. Yeah, it's not that I don't it's trust him. It's not worth the risk to you. Yeah, but to me, it's like, that's when you'd find it's not as extreme as like jumping the Corinth Canal even. So that's what I'm saying. Like in a normal person's life, here well, I'm confronted Jeff, with. I mean, it is gnarly what those guys do because he's base jumps. And Jeff told me he's like the goal for those guys is to see how long you can wait until you pull your shoot. And like the biggest, the dude with the biggest balls pulls their shoot last, and he's like a perfect jumps base jump, and he's to pull your shoot at the very last moment, have your shoot open, then touch the ground immediately. And I was like. Why would you mess with that? I'd be happy to just pull it as soon as possible and just enjoy the like nice cruise yeah, drive the down. Ride. But they're like, no, they want the rush. And yeah, I mean, he's seen his buddies die. He's seen his buddies die. But it takes a different mindset. Um, but that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, is there a is there a reward on the other side of that? Like, is that where you go? None of you people are actually living. Like, what you find out when you pull the trigger on that life or death is on the other side of that, away from like people you know, the fame and the money and whatever that comes of it. Cause that's, that's, in, that's got to be inconsequential. Yeah. But it's that, that moment when it works is that, is there some kind of like transcendent clarity that happens in that moment that you can't get anywhere else? For a hundred percent. It's it's a high and it's addicting. And I think that's, you know, you look at, it happens all the time, but uh, it's just unfortunate. It doesn't last, you know, but it's, it's such a rush to work, work through something and have so much pressure on yourself and put yourself, you know, you feel kind of weak and, 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 bit, and doubting, doubtful, but then you, you have the courage and you push, you work hard and, and, you know, it's, it's like the old saying, you work hard and, and you get your reward. So you've got to go, be willing to go above and beyond and give it everything you've got to be ready for when that moment comes to be able to be in the right frame of mind to be able to perform. And, um, and there's a certain amount of luck to it when you're working, you're talking about, you know, things not breaking that are out of your control and stuff like that. But that all comes down to dotting your eyes, crossing your T's, having the right mechanic, making the right choices, you know, keeping your maintenance schedule up, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, whether you're packing a shoot, it's packing a shoot the right way or, or whatever. There's always some kind of, um, there's, there's always many, many dimensions to what, what brings success. But, you know, even watching the Olympics recently and, you know, Sean White getting his gold medal is, uh, it was cool just to see, I know, like, he's had a lot of doubt, you know, and, and obviously he's one of the greatest of all time on skateboard and, and, and a snowboard. And, um, and just just to see the, the you, I could just feel, like, how good it must have felt to him to get his goal. You know, it was pretty It would have been almost like a relief as opposed to, like, a victory in a yeah. way, wouldn't you think? For sure. I mean, you, just to overcome that storm and, and it just depends what you focus on. You either give a shit about what people think about it or not, but I guess in that situation you do care because you, he's probably doing it for himself, but a lot of it would be a lot of what drives him through those hard times when, when the you know, because obviously when you watch on TV and he has a high run, you think, oh, wow, that, he just did that easy, but... You don't see the pain yeah, that he's been through, back, yeah, yeah. And, and so we all go through that. But uh, but you've got to have those motivators that drive you. When when uh, when most people will quit, you have to be willing to keep pushing no matter what you face with, and and not losing your cool and and and, and whatever, and finding out what. And but it, it's all, I guess. You can't just do it for the high. You have to do it for that's what the I mean. Growth, like, there's got to be growth, something the personal on the other growth side, side of it. I think it's the yeah. personal growth, and I guess at the end of it, it kind of brings in a little bit of wisdom. But for me. I've been through it a lot, obviously, and 
I know that uh, what what I get out of it is that I'm happy now for the more of a chill life and just being you know the stuff that I've done made me very aware of of like the energetic world we live in and 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 and, and whatever and and uh, you know I just um, you be you can't do it you're, like you're, I can't face those fears and, and do this crazy stuff all the time because at some point you're like I gotta I gotta take care of my kids and I, I can't I don't want to risk I don't risk um, something going wrong, you know, and I guess it's the headspace. If I, if my headspace had stayed in the same spot that it was in years ago, I probably could still do it. But with the the injuries I've had and, and you know, I've, I've died four or five times from, from traumatic head in, impacts. So, you know, I had meningitis at 16 that, that created, I got secondary impact syndrome. A couple of times at X-Fighters, I slammed the deck hard and, and went to seizure. And then my heart stopped beating on the way to hospital and they've revived me. And it's happened like four times now that they've revived me. And last time they picked me up off, off the... um off the front yard off a bmx crash and you were there right that day that was pretty much like man i didn't talk to you after that for like a fucking long time like i, I haven't even ever spoke to you about it since yeah. that day that fucking rattled me dude like yeah. i straight up like thought i was gonna watch my friend die yeah like that was i was out for like three minutes right dude and then i went out and i had one eye closed and i was just all angry so and then i started yeah that, convulsing yeah that so we're like, I guess we should give Pete like, this is for real. I ran, yeah, I was fucked, man. Like it was full on like, and dude, so I didn't, I, I didn't talk to you for ages after it because I was just like, I don't know if like scared's the word, but like it fully fucked with my head, eh? Like in a massive way. Cause like, we're lucky Sam was there. Big Sam. Big Sam, yeah. So Shout out to Sam Bam. Dude. So like, can we tell the story a bit? Yeah, or, like, tell the story. Cause I mean, yeah, I didn't know if you'd spoken about it. So we're... Maddo calls me up and he's like, Oi, I'm going to have a barbie if you want to come around. And then it was just before Pipe Dream come out, which is where you surf the wave, obviously. And he was like, bring your camera because we need to record some bike sounds. We didn't get enough bike sounds in Tahiti. So I was like, all right, fuck yeah, sick. Perfect summer day in California. Like, we're and all I'd build a 22-foot dirt double for BMX bikes in the phone pit that I want to try a front flip on, right? Yeah, so then I get <laughs> there the and the boys are just sending it on the BMX jumps. And then... So Robbie's just fucking killing it as usual. Who was that? Barry was there and, and um, Harry, Caroline. Harry Maine was there. Harry Maine was there yeah. and then Buckworth was there. Andy Buckworth, And then right. Harry's filmer or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who else? Leo Barron. Leo Barron, yeah. Oh, righto, Harry's yeah. Harry's filmer. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, so anyway, we're all just, it's like a fun day. And it was like just, you were done pretty much. And then Harry comes up and you had like that roll in. Because Harry wasn't ramp, jumping at And Harry, Harry wouldn't do the thing because of the roll in. And then you were like, oh, I'll just show you real quick. And we were already like, I was just about to get in the pool. You'd turn the barbecue on. Like the day was done. We'd had our fun. And then, yeah, you roll in and then like just got way too much speed and sent you over. And then you hit your head and it was like concrete. So BMX jump, like twenty-two foot jump. Twenty foot to twenty-two foot, like I was a like a twelve foot step down into a twenty foot long, twenty-two foot long and low. We kept going downhill and then into a, I think it was twenty-eight foot like proper dirt double into the, into, foam, into the pit. foam pit. Yeah. And, but yeah, but I pretty much hit the long and low way too fast and just like the landing ramp was like there and I just about a foot over it just missed it and then got to the bottom and just went over the bars. It was just like a full head head out. first impact and then so I'd run down from the top of the hill and to me your head like your shoulder was real weird and i was like fuck he's dislocated his shoulder but i'd like oh well he's probably done a million times like we'll just pop it back in and it's all good but then you were like yeah you're on the ground and and i could see you're unconscious and it was like you 
yeah you were you were dead out. yeah so then but then you came back like super quick yeah. and i was like oh sweet no dramas so then we put you on the golf cart roll back up the hill sat down and then amy thankfully was like keeping on she's pretty cautious so then but she was a bit upset by the whole thing obviously and then the kids were fucking cruising around so then i for some reason i'm on the phone with the neurologist saying like oh he's hit his head pretty good like what should we do and then the guy goes what was his name you dr know? bray dr bray yeah yeah that's dr. right dr rob bray yeah so then he's like oh get him some gatorade because apparently electrolytes help yeah. And then he said, just make sure he doesn't stand up. So I'm on the phone and then I turn around and as I turn around, you're standing up. And then I was like, wait, fucking sit down. And you got like super angry at me. Yeah. And I was like, nah, dude, fucking sit remember that. I was like, I was like, dude, for real, fucking sit down. Like Dr. Bray just said, and then you started like shaking and I thought you were just trying to fuck with me. Like, cause you're a funny bloke. <laughs> and I thought you were just trying to fuck with me. So then, then they, that's when you had a seizure and I just fucking shit. And then, then the power went out. So like the Dr. Bray goes, call the ambulance and then call me back. So then Amy called the ambulance because I didn't know your address and shit. So then, yeah, they call the ambulance and then I call him back and then Sam's like there with you. So we're all sort of doing the thing and we couldn't open your gate oh, yeah. to get the, so I send Andy Buckworth up the hill and I was like, dude, go and open the gate. Comes back down, the power's off. So then I jump in the golf cart and I like pulled the gate off the hinges. So the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. come in but anyway it was just like it was just gnarly and like when you're on the ground i legitimately thought that you were going to die because i'd never seen anything like it and i was just and i my problem that why, why i felt so bad is i was like man i'm not equipped and i'm i was sure that if i knew more about this stuff and if i knew what was happening i could do more to like help yeah yeah so i felt fucked that i didn't know enough to, you went to, to help yeah, but I mean, like... You- yeah, but it's not just simple CPR. I have to be inebriated. I need a tube. Yeah. And then I need to be shot with, um, with like, um, something to stop me seizure in. But uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, to wake up in hospital two days later and have them like, oh, you, your heart stopped beating on the way to hospital. We had to paddle you. And then I was like, again? And then... <laughs> Then they let me out, and I. You're saying again to that? Yeah, <laughs> it's like maybe lifestyle change. And then uh, yeah, and then drove to um for the release of Pipe Dream. And I remember showing up to the release, and I'm like, I already did this. Like I couldn't really remember it, and then I realized, holy shit! Like my brain's been rattled because I couldn't remember. Yeah, we went to the party, and all my mates like, like I was like, oh, what's their names? Everything was foggy, and you know. And then I did it again. Um, sorry, before that, I'd done it at uh, X Fighters in Sydney. And that's pretty much when uh, freestyle motocross kind of slowed down for me a little bit. But it's yeah. like, I'm still I'm still willing to push the envelope kind of thing. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just following my passion for, for now. You know, like I, I have a few things that I've spoken about for a long time. Like Amy knows, I said, I'm, I'm taking this risk for sure. And it's probably the gnarliest risk I've ever taken. But I'm going to do it just because it came, comes back to that same thing. Like when I, when I did the drop-in in Vegas, I thought to myself why am i doing this why am i taking this risk because this is what i dreamed of as a kid and i always dreamt of 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 a few things and riding the bike on the waves was one of them and that's why i can't let go of these things it goes deep within me and it's not about ego or whatever or trying to prove points it's just like i have to finish what i started it's just something that's deep within me and i can't let go of anything until it's done and I'm close to finish, and I want to finish this water bike thing because it's it's been too long, and it would yeah, have been. You've it, put a lot of effort into it, it would for have a really a sh- long time. Yeah, I, I have a clear vision of where it's going to, and and uh, I think hopefully before we see 2019, it's gonna people are gonna realize what this was all about and why or where it's 
I wouldn't say when I started I had this clear vision, but I knew it was headed somewhere, and 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 I've and I figured out where it's heading, and and now I feel like there's a there's a there's a means to the end of this, and then and then it's this last project that I want to really focus on. It's going to take a couple of years, but um, but then after that, you know, I'm I'm going to hang the boots up because I'm I'll probably be around 40 years old then, and and at some point you got to stop being that crazy dude, and I you know there's like there's there's other stuff to me now. I'm getting a bit older. I'm kind of like finding different things i'm passionate about and really what i'm super passionate about is helping people you're always ever since i've known you you're right on the edge of what people are doing and you've always been like that i reckon like whether it's with surgeries or like you're you are a dude that is very inquisitive as to the way that you can make your body better yeah yeah totally and and i'm like and it makes sense got got that healing magnet right and and i doctors have told me like oh you can't spill up the process of how long how long it takes for a bone to heal it's just it heals as quick as it heals and and I've had doctors tell me that and say, all right, you want to make a bet then? And I've had, and I've won the bet with doctors who have been, and they've said, I've done this for 25 years. Like, and they actually thanked me for showing them, you know, but working with guys like Dr. G out of, uh, out, out of Costa Mesa, he kind of introduced me to the pulse electromagnetic field therapy unit, which I bought one of them, $25,000 machine. It alone speeds up your healing probably about 50%. Man, like it being, spending the time that I have in California, the, even rubbing like CBD, um, like ointments, ointments and yeah. stuff on joints, and like it's it's for it real, works, man. Yeah. Like the and the the I always say this to people when we talk about this kind of stuff. It's like there's no money in healthy people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and it's a, it's a problem. It's tough to see them caught in this situation where people on the other side of the, in the world where it's where it's approved are having success and they're they're not. It's so struggling. undeniable too. Like if there's a there's a really crazy video on Facebook for anyone that is watching and just doesn't hasn't ever seen the effects of like CBD or medical marijuana on epilepsy. There's a video of a kid. Uh, I might even chuck it over the top of this. Uh, yeah, try once on we're there. done, yeah. This kid is having a horrendous seizure and he's probably six or seven years old, maybe even younger. He has no control over either eye. His body's shaking. Like, that looks like hell on earth. And then his dad, in like, gets a syringe, not even with a needle, and he puts this um, CBD oil. oil. It, it might even be uh, actual medical marijuana, like THC in it. I don't know what it has. Yeah, but probably, I mean, from what my understanding that the CBD, it's all the CBD stuff. It's not the... It's, it's not any of the THC the, stuff. Well, they it? have a, have to have a little bit of THC to activate it, but for the main part, for the healing side of stuff, it's all CBD. Like, yep. it's not... People aren't so... But so, this kid yeah. stops, man. Yeah. Like, he, it's like... And it's in seconds. And he's just going and going, and, and both eyelids are flashing, his eyes are moving. It looks like a horror scene that this kid... And they're saying that um, he was having, like, 40, 50, 60 seizures a day for his whole life. Mm-hmm. There's, like, been really cool um, documentaries that Vice has done... Where this this guy he had like a seven year old kid, and his he'd never heard his kid say "I love you." It was like an eight or seven eight year old kid, man, and he had epilepsy so bad that his kid couldn't even talk and say "I love you." And this guy was just crying because they lived in a state where it was illegal, so like they had to move their whole life to Colorado just to get their kid to stop having sixty seizures a day mm, or break so, the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all he wanted was his kid to say "I love you," and at the end of this piece, that his kid can actually they're outside playing on a swing and he's like crying man because his kid's saying i love you and it's like anyone that can sit there and watch that video Still and actually watch wrong. it yeah. and say there's something wrong with this is fucked like they have I don't, I don't, they have some weird there's there's a weird alternate ulterior motive if you can sit there and honestly say man that didn't help that kid yeah 
And it, the, the, the sucky thing is a lot of people have opinions these days and, and people that are with the way that, you know, social media is and that everyone can get on Facebook or whatever and say whatever they want to say without... Without any knowledge. Yeah, and, you know, and whatever. I mean, that's cool, but I just don't really buy into it. But, you know, put yourself in a situation where it's life and death and you need to find an answer and, and something that you've always been against all of a sudden saves you. I mean, I've seen people that are... I've heard stories of, like, people who are police officers and put people in jail for possession of marijuana and then next minute they're taking marijuana and it's curing them and you know it's, it's happening all over america that like so it's just unfortunate that the structure we live in whatever you can keep talking about this stuff forever but it's um and i don't really like to get into it, but yeah to to round it up i mean there's an avenue for me to that i see like people always said well, what are you going to do after bikes and and i'm i think i'm just going to help people a lot of people think I'm this idiot that just jumps bikes and stupid whatever and I don't know how I come across. I have Tourette's and I shake my head a lot and, you know, and it fluctuates at times and I think I definitely get judged on that a lot. You know, people just think I'm some kind of idiot with a... Fucking tweaker. With, yeah, <laughs> with an issue, but it just it affects me and, and I've found that, you know, when I'm, when I'm chilled and relaxed, it, it, it all but goes away and definitely diet changes it. You know, when, when I'm on... A, when I'm just eating like a caveman and, and, and putting good stuff in my body and meditating and breathing right, it, it's, it's, it's almost it doesn't even exist. But it's hard to do that because it takes a lot of preparation. When I'm at home in Australia or America, I can do that. But when I'm on the road, it, it's definitely a lot harder. But um, yeah, there's definitely um, there's more to me than just that crazy motherfucker on the dirt back. <laughs> oh, dude. Like I remember we were driving to the San Diego airport once when we went and did that rally school. And um, that was fucking loose. You got me so messed up on that plane. <laughs> Don't blame me, man. You, no, nah, all right. I got so drunk on that plane at, at your... Because uh, you can't hang. Yeah, I can't <laughs> hang, man. We were drunk at Chili's before it. We almost missed the flight. See, I can't remember I that was, stuff. I was. I can't remember that stuff. Um, but I remember being in the car and I, like we left your joint and I was like, oh, I chucked some music on. And you were like, oh, I don't like to listen to music in the car. And I was like, Why? you're like oh because there's just so much noise like there's just noise all the time and you're like i like to get in the car and not have as much noise because he's like you you said like if you just think about how much that music you've already got the road noise you've already got someone talking in then you add that you know that music going to your ears then it's like that's extra noise that you're just creating for your brain to deal with and you're like let's just chill and I was like, I'd never really had someone say like it like that. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. And like, yeah, you could look at it from like a, that's a kooky thing angle, or you could really think about it. It depends and- where you're at in life too. Like, it's not like all the time I drive long quiet, but sometimes I need it. You know, I, I live, you know, especially when you're traveling, like I'm in people's face all the time, I always have that contact and the interaction. Sometimes I just need, you've time always got to gotta be Robbie Madison. Yeah, too. I got to let my thoughts kind of, I need to spend time with my thoughts or either, or I need to, or I want to turn my thoughts off and I just want to stay present, you know, and there's times where driving is a great way to stay present because you stay aware of the breath in and the breath out. And, and I've been at times where I'm meditating, driving and I'm like watching my hands move and I'm like laughing at myself because I'm like, I've lost I'm just letting my, my body kind of do its thing and, and I'm just sitting back watching my hands move and just kind of laughing at myself changing gears. I'm like, I'm, I had that, I can disconnect that little bit and, and that's um, it's something that's profound and you can get there riding mountain bikes. You can do it. I mean, you know, there's one thing to like go for a workout and be like, oh, I'm puffing, I'm going to get off and, 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 and stop. And, and, or you can be like, I'm puffed, I'm just going to slow it down a little bit, focus on my breathing, I'm going to get through this and you keep chugging away. And then you can kind of get into this rhythm where you're like with your breathing, with your muscles, you're breathing energy and life into those muscles. And then you kind of, and then the trains, yeah. and then that's where you start really getting 
your your um your endurance from and and that's health man like it's uh that's that's where it comes from and uh, hey i'm not i'm not saying that i'm the healthiest guy on the planet that's for sure but uh but you're super mindful though of mindful yourself of those like things. I, and i do it all it's like i keep the balance but um you know i've just come off a year off with, with some gnarly injuries and and uh and i had to wait i had to wait 12 months before i could get surgery i only had it eight weeks ago and i've been cycling and stuff again i'm back in the pool swimming and, and i'm stoked that i'm back because i was getting in a really messed up mental state just because i wasn't able to work out i had destroyed knee my shoulder kept skating and it plays a toll on you i feel sorry for those people who are eating a lot of sugar not moving daily not getting the heart rate up because they're not releasing endorphins and they don't know the the, the positives it can have yeah on and you. just the just the energy like well, i go work out to the gym man drive home it's like just pumped yeah you like work out to get energy yeah and it, it just makes you happy and you just drive along just just stoked like a little kid again just pumped for no reason i always say um me and todd went surfing the other day and we got up at like 4 30 in the morning we got out and we we surfed for like two hours and you got out and i'm fucked man like i was so tired from it but it's such a good like you you're so exhausted physically but mentally you feel like you had so much more energy so it's like that's it's like a weird surf tide's like a weird kind of tide because you're exhausted physically but the yeah you just have such Release. a fresh feeling of like you feel like a new person even though yeah. you've just torched yourself on a water treadmill for two hours it's a big workout it's paddling huh? yeah but like there's something that happens in your brain where you feel so good and i was talking to um my uncle glenn about mountain biking you know what you're saying like you sort of just get in that flow state and whatever like what do i think with with mountain biking and motocross and why it's so appealing and i think there there is like a there is this thought with people in action sports or like that are doing, you know, skateboarding or mountain biking or motocross. It's like that dumb daredevil that doesn't have any brain. So that's why they can do what they do. But I think it's so much deeper, especially with guys like you on your extreme end is like when, when we were, we mountain biked this trail, at, uh, Cairns Clifton's and it's really tight. It's a lot of trees, a lot of roots. Like you just stay focused. Yeah. You're in not, the moment. yeah, you can't, be thinking about what no. you're going to do when you get home no so I, yeah there's and nothing I know what you're saying else here. there's nothing else to th- so when you, you have to keep your mind on the job but so where are you going no, with this yeah, i've realized no this room. too and it's, it's meditation right you, it is you have to stay so in the moment because there's so much shit going on you can't your mind can't wander so you're just like boom 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 and you and so if you get to the trailhead and you've got a bunch of shit on your plate you know and you're like stressed out yep. you drop in all of a sudden you haven't got time to even think about that now it's just like it's life and death and so you're just in the zone and then you come out the bottom you're like you just had it you just had like however long say so it takes two minutes from the top to the bottom but you've you had two minutes everything with, well, yeah. yeah and you had two minutes without that you know um the the prefrontal cortex there doing its thing and, and just reminding you of all this shit and you're playing that monotonous voice you got inside your head all of a sudden that's turned off you got a break from it and at the bottom you're like i feel awesome that like that was just so awesome and you got a break from that and that's that's what i had to do i had to be able to do that with nothing going on to be able to get the to be able to make that strong that mechanism strong so when i'm sitting on top of a building and you got you know abc's live cameras on you and there's 300,000 people looking at you there's no other thoughts i'm not thinking about anything to do with those people it's just that i'm aware that they're there but they're i'm so in the moment at that point and um and and that's a very powerful tool and uh and and so i use that all the time now you know and, and i use it whenever i'm whenever my thoughts get in me 
messed up like i I always come back to knowing that i can turn it off and do my breathing and my breathing's my recalibration stuff and because when you're doing a bit of wim hof stuff a lot yeah yeah are you still doing a lot of that i am I, i didn't do it um i didn't do it much last year just because i was in a bit of a funk just because of my injury and i'm not in a situation where i can get away from the family so i've always got the kids there and um not that i'm I'm not trying to make an excuse here because I probably could have done it, but no, I, I just didn't. I mean, it was a bit of a, bit of a balancing. It, it's a lot easier for me to stick to a routine when the pressure's on, when I got to, when I know that I've got to make something, like do something that I've committed to. And pressure it, makes diamonds, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well put. But um, but I still I do my breathing every night. Um, and yeah, the, it was funny the other day. It was like super cold. I forget where I was. I was back in Cali, and it was, it was middle of winter. And I had someone at my house. Well, I traveled with someone. We got back to my house. And because I'd been gone for a few months, the power was out. So we had no hot, no hot water. And uh, Oh, no heating. So the house is freezing. Yeah. Well, not so much that. But we got home and it was time to have a shower. No. Oh. The gas. The gas ran out yeah, overnight. Yeah, so yeah. I think that the night before, that's right. The night before we had a hot tub, hot tub choose a bunch of gas. And so in the morning, they had no, no gas. And so I turned the shower on and first thing in the morning, it's like freezing cold. And I was like, like it was icicles, right? And, uh, and then pretty soon I realized, oh, we've got no hot water. Um, butt naked. So I'm like, well, he goes to breathing. So I just do a little couple of primers, jump in. I just focus on my breathing. And within 20 seconds, like, the cold water's not even bothering me. And so I just had this like really cool freezing cold shower and still wash my hair and sit under it. And, and when you do the breathing, like, and people will know who's, who've done the Wim Hof stuff, it just all of a sudden the cold doesn't affect you. So anyway, I have this shower, get out, dry off, and I just feel buzzed. I feel great, you know, and, and um, my buddy's like, dude, did you have a shower this morning? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, was it cold? And I was like, freezing. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I just stood, I said, how'd you shower? You he goes, no, I just stood there and splashed myself. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you missed out, man. I said, I just stood under it and had it. He's like, you're a nutcase. And I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm just hacking I'm the ready, ready yeah. for it. But uh, what I realized that day, that's the first time I'd really had a freezing cold shower. Um, and uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon, I still felt just charged up. So there's a... There, there and, is a power in it. Oh, eh? man. When you start doing the ice baths and stuff, it, it's really amazing. And a lot of footballers will tell you, like, and, and people who, who do the cold bars, we, it's, um, it's amazing. We had Felicity Palmatier on the podcast last week or week before. And there's actually a place in Burley that does it, P3. I actually want to go check it out because she was in here just fully raving about oh, how good Because they have like cold magnesium and hot magnesium as well. Oh, yeah, I've seen well. that place. Someone else I know that uses that. One of the freestyle riders from up... Uh, doesn't Pat Bowden go there or somewhere? I'm no. not sure. I know Todd goes there as well, but I, I haven't done any of it. So I want to do it. The, the only... Cause have you actually met Wim Hof and done it with him or have you just done like courses yeah, and stuff? Yeah, I just I signed up to his course online and... Um, That's pretty cool. And uh, I spoke to him. He's... Because I think... I he, missed out. He Red did something at Red Bull. Yeah, right? I yeah. missed out. I didn't get to go to... I was, I was Because I wondered if you were there, like uh, I wish if I you were been. a part of that. They're like, you're going to like this one. you got to come. And I couldn't make it. I was so bummed and... And then I found out Wim was there. I was like, oh, well, it's just how it goes. But um, I'm sure you'll get a chance at some point. I'll find him. I'm going to um, the Netherlands later this year to do something cool in Amsterdam. So I'm uh, I'm going to definitely catch up with him because he's up in Amsterdam. So I'm going to go do the Rebel Knockout, which I'm excited for. So I'm going to do two beach races this year. Oh, sick. And I did the Western Beach Race last year. Um, Western Beach Race is a three-hour race. Is that in the UK? UK, yeah. yeah. It's friggin' gnarly. So the, the tide comes in. The beach gets ripped to shreds. They have like excavators building this track and just making it daunting. And it's about a 10-minute lap. Um, but when the tide comes in, all the all the ruts fill up with water. 
you know, because the water table comes up. And so it just turns into a shit show, whether it's raining or not. It's, it's a hard race. I did it year probably the best weather that's ever had. It didn't rain. It wasn't cold, but it's, uh, it's at, um, yeah, it's in uh, Western Del Mar, a Western Supermare, it's called Western Supermare. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a crazy race. But what I learned last year, this breathing stuff came back, right? So, um, I'm out on the track and, uh, and, uh, Johnny Walker is yeah. a motorcycle legend. He, uh, He's kind of giving me shit saying, Matt, are you going to... Because they said to me, all right, Robbie, like, you know, we got you out here just going to be the face of this, whatever. And, and Like, they didn't and expect you to have a full crack out yeah, of thing. Yeah, and they're like, no pressure. You, you don't have to... You don't have to you don't have to finish the race. And he's like, oh, what? You're going to start it and not finish it? He's like, oh. And so he's giving me shit. And I'm like, dude, I've carried this injury. I've got a knee surgery. He's like, oh, where, where, where? And I was like, righto, righto. I see how it is. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And, uh, and so speaking to my buddy on the phone... And uh, Melo's saying, Matto, just like, just don't stop. Just keep chugging away. Just don't stop. I'm like, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. And so I got Melo's voice going around in my head, like, just, just go, hot, like, tortoise in the hair, right? Yeah. And so I get out there and um, I, I pull a whole shot, 800 you riders. Kidding? Yeah. Oh. I mean, we got, we were first, but you got to, like, you start and then you got to race through this thing and you get this area where you all get lined up behind the, this fence and there's 800 people packing to this, like, caged area and then they open up a bunch of doors and you all get to race out but i was lucky i got to the front of that pulled a holy get around the first corner i'm in second at this point johnny's like blasting me in, with sand and then down the straight my bike wasn't geared for it so now it's like a kilometer sprint from from one end of the beach the other i'm wide open within yeah 300 feet i'm just all pinned and so i'm like that that are you like doing the, the click up, in. like trying to find more gears? And no, I just didn't there. want to blow, blow, blast my motor. Uh, so I'm just holding it pinned for a minute, then backing off, pull the clutch in and pinned. And yeah, people just go, rah, 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 past me. And probably 200 people past me going down the straight. And so then get back into the, the tight stuff and I just start picking them all off and going through people. And I definitely wasn't moving the fastest there, but I stay consistent and end up, you know, they, they said, you know, just do a lap would be awesome. And, and, and after lap three, um, the guys are kind of waved me in. And I'm just like, no, nah. and I kept going. And then, and then they they waved me in because I told him before my my mechanic. I told him, like, hey, I'm gonna just tell me when I got to pull in for fuel. So we had like a bit of a strategy of when to pull in. So I went up pulling for fuel, and they're going, you're you're killing it, man, you're killing it. They're putting fuel in. I got new goggles back out there, and I think I finished 48 out of uh, 800, which Damn, is awesome. Dude. I was pumped, but I found it in myself because I was getting arm pump, and I was yeah. and, and then I was like. And so just started focusing on my breathing and then just kind of took a minute to a couple of slow corners, just got breathing back and then just got in a rhythm. And then it was easy. I could have kept going, I think. So I'm excited. Now that I'm healthy, I'm going to train for it this year. And um, When is it? It's, it's later on in the year. It's in November. But, um, you know, I'm going to go. Um, dude, I might come do it. You Can, should. Dude, I've been, should. I've been back to I've been, I've been getting psyched on doing like dumb shit yeah i mean it's, it's like it's, it's it's just all it life, is, is right just, yeah it's just an opportunity yeah and it's just a battle of attrition like i the last two years i've been doing the transmoto six hour races yeah and just because oh, yeah. it's just a fun which, i'm not doing that yeah, again you're not doing that again <laughs> cost um, me 30 grand last time <laughs> yeah i remember that fuck you got jacked there's someone out there i hope you watch this and come forward and tell me who you were but this dude he was right in front of me and we're seven hours into this race you can tell it's a bit of salt 12 hour we're seven hours into this 12 hour yeah, race yeah you were right? doing the 12 hour yeah and so I'm uh I come around and I'm in this rut and the rut went like three corners the track was messed up and uh right when I get to the end of the rut this dude's like come from clearly riding sucking and just jumps into the hot hot lane and I'm just like 
get out of the way, dude. I'm coming through. So I'm like, blah, 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 like right through him. But as I came out, I got traction off his front wheel, pulled the wheelie. When I put it down, I hit a tree root because it's like a full yeah, it's just in natural the, in course. Bush, yeah. Hit this tree root. I crash. I turn around. He's down on the ground. And I get up. And I'm like, sorry, dude. You dropped into, into the rut like 75% way through. He's like, no, no, no. You're cool. You're cool. I'm like, all right. No worries. I turn my back. And as I'm picking my bike up, he must have seen Madison on my shoulders, a Red Bull helmet, whatever. And I'm lifting my bike up. And from behind, he just runs me over. I feel my leg just explode. Um, it hit me so hard. I jumped. I went down in agony because I felt my knee snap. And uh, and then I, I remember looking up and just getting roosted in the face. And I thought, that motherfucker's just ridden off. Hasn't stopped. And I'm like, just seeing red. I'm like, I'm going to kill this dude. So I jump up on my bike and I go take off. And, and I went to take, he hit me so hard, it bent my chain guide. So when I took off, it derailed my chain. So now I just want to freaking yeah, stab it. someone, you yeah. know? And, uh, and I'm like, the, the flag marshal rides over on his bike. I'm like, give me your bike, give me your bike. And he's like, you <laughs> would like, give me your bike. I'm like, oh, fucking get this guy. And uh, he's like, you gotta get your bike off the track. So I'm like, all right, calm down. And I'm like, you got any tools? And so I undid my chain. And I'm like, do you know how to push someone with, with your foot? And he's like, no. So I'm like, oh, you get on your bike. So I get on his bike and push him on my bike back to the car. And I get back to the car and I'm like, I've got my sore leg push on my exhaust pipe pushing him back. And then I get back down. I'm like, dude, I've snapped a LACL ligament for sure. And Amy had said to me, this is our good old Ains, like where she's always right. She's like, don't go down there because someone will take you out and you'll get injured. And like exactly what happened. So went home yeah sambo pushed me into it did sam hook that one up did he mm. we got sam moore here who is going to be on the podcast pretty soon he's one of my all-time favorite humans my partner in crime he is a g one of he owns fist gloves or started fist gloves Matto's a co co-owner but he's just one of the good ones i own the front door yeah <laughs> he's one of the good ones but I'll and the trash bin Oh, we don't have a front door. That's right. But I've been, I've been excited. Of, oh, like, I don't know why, but I've sort of just got this thing going at the moment where I'm like excited to do kind of dumb shit. You should and go do it. I'll, I'll come do the Western. Don't bike, run anyone else. Also, I yeah, come I do the Western really. Beach race, and then yeah, the the race up in uh, Amsterdam. It's called the um, uh, the the Rebel Knockout, which is a similar thing. So it's going to be cool. We do the we've done the TV stuff for the uh, Red Bull Tennessee Knockout before, so that's where they like slowly eliminate the dudes. Is it oh, a similar yeah. thing to that? Yeah, I'm not sure with um with the whole running order with knockout. It sounds like it would be. Hopefully, no one's getting knocked out there. But um, <laughs> I definitely can't afford one again. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to just um get back on the Have bike a bit this, of a year. Crack this year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, last year was it really sucked because I put everything on hold trying to get this barrel in Fiji, which really um it really hurt me. I don't think I didn't post much last year on social media because I was in just in a bad state i didn't have fresh content to post which is hurting me a lot and and i had all my eggs in one basket and I, I really was hoping to have a successful outcome and i just didn't get that barrel and it all came down to like the littlest thing there wasn't sand mixed in the paint and probably that and i was so anxious i had so much pressure on me i was trying to come out of the gate like friggin chad reed trying to pull a whole shot at a1 and and i just lit up the back wheel and spun the bike and dropped into the water and and it was that one opportunity, it was that one wave would have, would have, if I had have got close to getting a barrel, would have been on that wave and I missed it and then copped a lot of uh, flack online from, from different um, surf websites. Yeah, that was, and what, that was weird, man. Yeah, whatever. But you know what? Like, it motivated me. It pissed me off. It upset me for sure. Went into a bit of a depression. Um, was Luckily, I don't own a gun because I probably would have pulled the frigging trigger. But... Uh, Luckily, a guy, Matthias Ringstrom, and this is how crazy, and I talked before about having this place, you know, for everyone to come and, and get rejuvenated, but Matthias rings me up and he's like, hey, I know that you're struggling with some mental issues. And I'm like, yeah. 
and he's like i want you to come down and do this trial thing with me and i'm like dude i've got time to just scratch myself right now because i'm like i just was in a i was in a funk that i was like really um unproductive but felt the world the pressure of the world on me and fired my management and all kinds of stuff happened and, and i was just in a dark place and i was struggling trying to keep my head above water and anyway i was like you know what maybe i should just go and drop everything and fuck the pressure and just go and try and help myself right now and, and i went down and i did this it's called amino acid plus nad iv therapy and um changed me five days man i went from wanting to kill myself to like back to happy Back matter, to matter. Okay. <laughs> I was, it was crazy so they uh and it was forehead injuries and and uh, a lot of people down there doing it for drug rehabilitation but i just had i've had a lot of head injuries you know and that's, that's the what I was, day, I was i was gonna fucking me up i was gonna ask you that like it's sort of taboo in a way like because i get worried man like so we we did a thing with travis and he's hit, hit his head a bunch too right yeah, yeah like he'd he'd maybe have the world record for concussions if you really wanted to look into it probably he's been knocked out a lot you know and even like dave Miro, you know and like yeah the, and that's I was like gonna... the part of my motivation behind this place is helping yep all these friends i know like i know so many bmx guys and skate guys and so many people that have chronic head injuries that are right in the firing line to go down this road and and go through what dave went through and i've i've had the depression lucky i have a good wife around me and people who uh, intimate enough and, and i'm honest enough to say hey i'm struggling yeah. and people are like fuck you need help and then matthias really kind of helped me and, and now i have access to dr harmiston in san diego and the health you know the center of health and well-being and and we're gonna i want to bring this stuff down to australia i want to help people because you know i think i can help we have a massive ice epidemic down here and uh people around the world are struggling you know the people are addicted to opiates and 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 sugar and um you know people are in a lot of debt and you know and, and it's it's we're sort of set up to fail in a lot of ways yeah i mean look at these shit going on around the world man it's a crazy place i just want to try and do something positive but um well that's a like i think that people would get worried about like say the dave mirror thing right yeah and you're seeing it in football and it's like um it's sort of taboo to talk about but for you to openly sit here and say like yeah i was depressed and yeah i had this and i was struggling with that like that's fucking big man like i think just even you talking about it because like that we did a shoot with travis and he was doing a water crossing and i fucking took my shoes off man just in case he hit the water and knocked, knocked himself out. out like hitting the water good man, i was Jason. but i think it was because of yeah. what happened with you like Me scaring you. i was legitimately worried that like because that's always been a thing with me is like i'm supposed to film you guys doing crazy shit but like am i going to be the one that yeah, yeah. fuck somebody up and yeah, or you know can't what help mean? Them in or the time I, and i can't help them yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know that's for noble. me i'm i'm there I, like i legit took my shoes off in case i had to jump in and get him out of the water but then when the dave mirror thing happened i think that that was really close to home for all of us because we all have friends that have had those big concussions so i think like there's a you could put your head in the sand about it but i think for you to just like sit here and say like i didn't even know if you wanted to talk about that day yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean because it, it I'm is an open like book, a, dude. I'm, I'm like there was a time when i used to be scared of talking about stuff and i, I can understand that a lot of people would be but obviously there was a time at school where i'd never thought i'd be able to public speak and stuff like that but i got no problems now like i'm I'm a transparent book and I'll just say it how it is and, you know, whatever. To it's a certain gonna, point. It's going to help people, man. That's like all I'm, my only that. concern. I just want to help people. I, I want to help myself first, right? Yeah. And, and I'm on the road and I know the path now, which is great. But uh, I wouldn't say I'm cured. But uh, 
we all have stresses on us, you know, and uh, and no matter how glorious it looks from the outside, even the people who I might think are in the best place may not be. I mean, like, look at Robin Williams, you know, like he was like the happiest guy. Everyone laughed, used yeah. him to laugh and the poor guy was struggling with demons. And, and so people like that in that situation, I want a facility that they can come to and we can reset their receptors. And that's what the amino acid and, and NAD plus uh, I. Uh, amino acid plus nad iv therapy that's what it does it resets the receptors in the brain so um you know if you've got a chemical imbalance and, and you and, and you know you're feeling the slide i want to be able to have somewhere where people can hit up there and be like hey matter i need some help i need to come to your place like fix me and and i like to think that i have a very understanding um well you've got so much first-hand experience ex- yeah, with the express route for people and then i think that it's sort of like what I was saying before, even when we we're talking about like Amy being there as like a logistical part of like actually helping. Like when you're on that extreme end of the spectrum, like I think there's just life is about balance, right? And 100%. if you, if you're a person like I've got a friend and he could be fucking anything he wants to be like this dude has so much talent and, but he's got so many demons. Yeah. It's, and I mean, I can relate to that in I've a way. Had, we all have those guys. It's, yeah. And, and it's sad, right? Because you know, you're worthy of so much You've more. got the potential, but then yeah. for as much potential you have head for light. Right or whatever. Yeah. But for as much potential you have in your life for light, you have for darkness. So if you've got this potential to be this crazy, flamboyant, boisterous, massive, huge personality, like Travis is another good example. You cannot have more fun around a human than Travis Pastrana. But the guy's had night terrors his whole life. So there's this give and take that comes with being, if you're just so exceptional and if you just have this so far to the right, then you've got it equal to the left. And I think that it's people really don't want to acknowledge and even don't want to acknowledge like the dark places their own mind goes. They, they want to shut that out as like something where it's not like, oh no, that's not real. Or you kind of put it under lock and key. It's like, no, you, you have to, you have to know all of yourself. You have to know your potential for greatness and also your potential for darkness. Yeah, you got to know your weak points. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's no, it's no um, hidden secret, but you are your thoughts, right? So whatever you focus on, you become. And I'm, I feel like I'm proof of that, you know? I could have focused on whatever else and, and probably been locked up now, but uh, it's, um, you, you, you definitely become your thoughts. So if you focus on... on that voice in your head that's talking negative to yourself and you're just allowing that to always speak negative and you're speaking negative to yourself all, all day well guess what you're probably going to stay pretty negative and you're going to get to a place where you're going to feel pretty dark and lonely and and probably think poor me and, and make excuses of why things couldn't have been different but or you can be like i'm going to shut this voice up i'm going to you know, it's all a decision you make you're like i want to smile today yeah i agree with that and uh and you know even i've had friends come to me that I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, I can tell you're upset, you know, and I've had buddies cry on my shoulder and I've taken them on my wing and I've done stuff all I can for them and, and I've seen them be so depressed and I'm like, all right, you know, it's awkward to have that, especially guys, you know, with 30-year-old males, it's hard to like, but... Well, there's a all, picture that gets painted of masculinity. Yeah, and people you, are afraid you, to... You don't want to let that down. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're, we're at a time and time place where we have to be open about it. Like, there's stuff going on you know with suicide prevention my buddy um sam from up the coast he does this thing called save a mate which i think is awesome and he's gonna he, he rides his pit bike from brisbane to melbourne to raise awareness for suicide prevention and uh and, and, it's, and it's i'll get it out in a minute specifically, specifically. for males yeah uh, because of the masculinity thing they don't want to talk about it especially out here in the aussie culture everyone's big and belly Dude, and the got graph, beards. i was just looking <laughs> 
was just looking yesterday, man, at, at statistics for suicide, and there's the Damn. the ratio of men to women, like it's overwhelmingly white men that commit suicide, overwhelmingly, to where it's, that's a really issue. Like, I think uh, a real issue. I think any time a graph gets slanted that heavy with one you know white male and then it's like everything else is just so small in comparison like there's an issue and i think that like i've even had like problems in my relationship where i'm like thinking to myself like man i I can't show that i'm having an issue with this and i can't show that i'm vulnerable and i went through a stage with my girlfriend now where i was like sabotaging our relationship because I didn't want to admit to her that I was having problems with myself yeah, yeah, yeah. or like just general problems. And it's like, that's all, all it, because I was, and I was trying to be this masculine, like not well, letting her down, you know, that's why I grew a beard. <laughs> now, 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 no matter now what, I've like, got, you, now I've got no yeah, problems. Yeah. Yeah. No, but no you know what I mean? through that beard. But it's like a, that was a thing that I was doing and I didn't even know I was doing it. Yeah. 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 No, it's just a cultural thing. And yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I'm sure some psychologists can tell us like a little bit more shed light on why we do that and why we behave that way. But, and I know, yeah, we definitely do it, but it's cool that there's, there's people out there aware of it. And yeah, I just want to have a means to, to be an avenue for people to find help. I think you just help. talking about it's massive. Yeah. Like massive, man. Well, so my goal just to try and close this subject is to set up a facility where we have options, you know, because yeah. it's one thing to talk about it another thing to like change it like someone can talk about it and like oh yeah i'm in this dark place and then at the end of it after you talk about it, you're like well they're there buddy hope it gets better for yeah, you yeah. i'm going wakeboard and you go sit on your couch and be depressed you know or whatever it is and yeah so that's like sometimes talking about it if, you, if there's not an answer for them or there's not a path or something that you can kind of shed light on to help them grow a little bit or or or, or quench that pain whatever then sometimes it's not good to bring it up you know but here for you a lot of your friends oh if you have anything i'm always here for you and talk to you but you don't want to talk to someone if they're not going to be able to like help you actually out actually help you do out. something about it you know because uh then they're just gonna, oh then they're going to go tell their other mate and then everyone around he's going to know i'm depressed and sad then everyone comes to you like oh you ain't fucking judge you're good you're yeah. so yeah you're good and then you're like fuck it's, it's worse now yeah you know? yeah and then especially they want to take you out and all we know in australia is oh let's catch up and have a beer and that's probably the worst thing to do for it because yeah. then you're going to get hung over the next day and feel even worse so it's um I want to set up a place that can have answers and then go around and talk about it openly to people like we're doing now, but probably a little bit more condensed and, and powerful and to the point, but just explain to people, undress it and be like, hey, this is society, this is what we all live in. Some people, this is your issues, these are your issues, and just kind of grasp the whole kind of spectrum of, of like mainstream of where people are, are at in their, you know, in, in their mental place. And some people are overworked and whatever, and some of the people that you think are the happiest people ever are struggling, and I want to be able to like, hit hit those little things key points on the head where the people relate and go oh yeah i do have a bit of that do have a bit of that and be like well there's a place that is for you yeah you can go yeah, here now. And no matter what your ailment is no matter what the issue is no matter where you're at we have something for you here and i and i think that's going to be something that, that i'll be able to be proud of if we can set that up and then i'll be uh it's going to keep me busy for a while anyway and it's something cool that i think is um me doing what i've done the last few years and and i put myself and i've made myself into that mental space where I do have to find answer and, and um and so along the way I've found the healing benefits of stuff we have in nature and helping people, you know, with, with ulterior things with you know, my mother in law is struggling with cancer right now and that's been a huge impact on our family and another thing that's been hard for me the last few years is just the whole family having to shift, you know, to continents and 
um and my wife again amy's just been so amazing and and you know she said she couldn't have done it without me either and and, and i can't do my thing without her so there's a lot going on but um i'm not here crying poor me at all but it's just like no it's not coming it's um it's 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 just the that we all have our is that's what i'm trying to get to we all have something going on and and, everyone can use help and no matter who you are and and that's why i want to i want a facility that no matter who you are there's a place come to matters lodge come to matters cuddle be happy (laughs) i want to change the subject me too um so i will uh, always no i'll always thank you for inviting me to play golf that day because that has set up a very significant chain of events that changed my life you remember that like yeah we four years had... at uh, tci was it you me twitch, twitch and aj, and AJ hit... yeah. yeah you called me up randomly one day and i don't even think you knew i played golf but this, this i think this kind of segues from that is like you're an inclusive person like just in general you're a guy that you're always going to invite people and you're going to have you know like yeah, oh, come to this, come to... yeah, yeah like that's your attitude yeah and yeah and so yeah you called me up one day and i don't even think i'd never spoke to you about golf you just randomly said hey do you know how to play golf and i was like oh oh actually it had yeah that's happened. right because you claim you never played and you went out and just smoked us all shooting it straight just so, drilling it. oh yeah you've never played that's right no. yeah it's all come back to me jace you just want to talk about how good your a game was that day no, right? well, so <laughs> that was the, probably the best i've ever played and it got worse every day after that but actually my mum bought me cool. my mum bought me clubs like for my birthday because i was living on a golf course but I like I hadn't I never I still to this day had never played that golf course. I used to just sit out there with the pitching wedge on my backyard and like try and hit to the green. But yeah, then you called up and then yeah, I I actually did play all right that day. But that fully Crushed set it. up like my whole like now I've just been on this journey of golf and I actually have you to thank for that. We played a ton of rounds after that, but that was mm-hmm. like that was like one of those things where it's it's funny where when you just say yes to shit and so like, always be spotters fee mate 20 percent. yeah on 15, all profits 15 <laughs> but that's set up 20, like a that's 20 set up. over 17 <laughs> all right done <laughs> but uh <laughs> you saw that <laughs> i'm broke still so come in voice aims yeah yeah it's all right um take half your beard no that's worth, that's <laughs> worth more that. uh but no that was uh that was definitely a pretty pretty rad day and set, set yeah. something up but no golf is awesome are you still playing much I um, haven't played. I actually played. Uh, when did I play? I played in uh, Thailand last on the I weekend. I actually saw that. Yeah. yeah. So that was a funny game because I hadn't played for a long time. I didn't play all last year because I had a shoulder. Ooh. I snapped um, labrum. And then my back is because um, I had back surgery a few years ago. It weakens. and, and But I've been doing a lot of the, um, the breathing. When I do the breathing, I, I, I quench my pelvic floor muscle. And that's really anyone who's had back surgery. If you got, it sounds like you're using kegels or something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyone who's got back surgery has had back surgery and has like a um, a sore back. I recommend doing Pilates, hundred percent. And uh, but with Pilates, you, you're engaging that pelvic floor muscle. And for me, I cycle quite a bit, road cycle, um, or even mountain biking is really good for it. But the key is like when you're cycling, is sitting down, clipped in, sitting down, climbing stuff because you're really you're pulling your pelvic floor muscle in, and that's where I noticed like I I couldn't do nothing, and something just told me go for a cycle. I went right around the block, came back, and I was like. I was in a lot of pain, but I was refusing to have pain pills. And um, I came home and I was like 70% less pain from like riding 16 miles. And really? Then, so I did, I think that week, excuse me, that week I think I did like 60 miles or something. And um, and then ever since then, I've realized my back pain related to the back surgery I had is all with the weakness of the pelvic floor muscles. So having that strong pelvic floor is definitely key. So anyone, again, just the nature of me want to help you. If you're in pain pelvic floor muscle 
Egoscue, E-G-O-S-C-U-E, look it up. It's a, anyone who's like got any issues, pain in their shoulders. Where do you whatever. get that pain? Uh, like- I had it in my um, L4, L5. So down in like, um, like when you bend over trying to step into your pants, I couldn't lift my feet off the ground. I was just like, I just couldn't do it. I was in agony. And, and then like obviously playing golf, like, yeah. you know, that whole talk and tension. And um, yeah, I just would I'd just swing in. He's like, ah, and then take your breath out. And then like to the point where you're laying flat on your back and you can't even breathe. And um, so there's a, Egoscue was um, something that it's a, re, it's movements that recalibrate your, your whole body. And I can't explain how probably, 60 to 90 percent of people need to do a especially um if your next far what is a ghost it's a recalibration so like it's recalibrating your 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 body so you know perfect perfectly structured human beings their shoulders are up and back and the head's back and you know their their uh, hips are in the right shape and, and right you know in the right um balance you know but once things go out you know your right hip will be higher than your left yeah, and yeah. then your shoulder will be lower than the other or you might have rounded shoulders and your head will be drooping forwards and you got bad posture and then you've always got chronic headaches and stuff I'm wondering why but if you got bad posture and you've got chronic headaches probably you got some calibration issues and you need to pull everything back and get your head back and then once that's your normal position and especially if you're in office like i feel sorry for people that are in office all day oh, yeah. sitting in bad posture and no wonder you got sore back and you know it hurts to do this and that and you can't run anymore because you're like montgomery burns of the simpsons just like yeah. <laughs> weeded out but uh yeah you need to do recalibration movements which is a and then closely related to a is pilates and uh and if you did a balance of a and pilates i guess my pilates instructor a instructor lovely sandy out there in, in uh, temecula she uh she says that 90 percent of people who have chronic pain can fix it from egoscue and pilates so there's a hot yeah. tip from this podcast well that's like um eddie casillas i went there because like with filming you yep. get your cameras and you're like this yep. and it's on my right side and i was just that he said that like my shoulder was so tight that it felt like i had bone like extra bone on my shoulder blade just the but that's being... where the muscle was yeah, yeah, yeah it gets like hard as a rock and um and then i was like oh so what do i need to do there and he's like he did a flexibility test on my hamstrings he's like dude you've got zero flexibility so it like starts it for me it started in my hamstrings yeah yeah and then he's like you need to foam roll you need this you need that and a lot of it was just sitting on like a hard table like this with a like a lacrosse ball underneath my hamstring mm-hmm. and your muscles just go like shaking and, and then they just go. let go yeah, yeah and then you're like oh and then yeah, you do that release. and like now i just have this little ball I do it all on my shoulders. I do it on my back. And like, I barely even use the foam roller itself. Now I use that to like kind of open my back up a little bit, but it's just that ball and getting those muscles to be um, like release. And then it's just maintenance, man. Like once you've got out of that phase of like, it's really painful initially that you get, like, I find it easier to sit, sit up straight. I find like, I don't get as sore. And a lot of people ignore their hips too. Like when you're sitting hip down like this, key. Yeah. yeah, your hips are at a 90 degree. Like yeah. we're not supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah. So like at a you desk. You need to hyperextend the other way. Exactly. So a lot of like hip mobility stuff where you're like opening up, man. Like I have days where I just go, dude, your hips are like completely yeah, you fucked. Like you've got to just really open it up. Yeah. Hey, Ainsley, can you chuck us a charger for a lappy? Yeah. Um, on that point too, I, I spent a lot of my career... Um, really injured you know like i i'd have a time where i couldn't do like i remember one x fighters i did a off the side indian offside heart it was off the side um indian and uh my shoulder dislocated and 
in the air it dislocated and i landed with it dislocated i rode straight over to the medics dropped my bike they put my shoulder back in i jumped back on my bike went around the corner did a kod flip to indie flip and <laughs> the judges like and i should i thought i should got extra points because i didn't yeah. actually crash i just had a timeout which Start to have a tuna. cost me um some time so i didn't get as many tricks but it's the only time I ever got a standing ovation. Sixty thousand people stood to their feet and, and cheered and booed the booed the booed the judges when I didn't win, and then um, and cheered me when I left the course, which is really cool and probably one of the coolest memories I have from from my freestyle career. But uh, um, in saying that, you know, I, I spent a lot of my career riding injured and just freestyle motocross is in general just yeah, it's so gnarly. taxing, yeah. And uh, but I travelled. Um, with the, like you said you got those the ball you roll on so people want a, a quick fix to that or want to make one themselves you just get a tennis ball and a long football sock and you drop one tennis ball in tie a knot drop another ball in tie a yep. knot and then just cut the cut the s and now you got two tennis balls and you just roll around that if you've got a tight shoulder you just get on it you can dig in and it's kind of like your own personal masseuse i just travel all over the world with that yep. i think it's still in my bag at the moment but yeah like you say you once you once you find something and, and you go to a physio and you pay attention to what they're doing and they, they dig into an area and you're like, oh, that's where they're digging in? Well, there's no reason why you can't get a tennis yeah. ball and dig in there yourself and you do your breathing and follow it with your breath, like focus on where the tension is. You breathe in, focus where it's tight and then breathe out and picture letting go. And you can, just through breathing, man, I can do the splits just through the breathing and allow me to, you know, if you're really tight and you you breathe when you stretch, like it's it's so much quicker to to, re, to release those muscles and tendons and whatnot but like you say it just all of a sudden boom it releases yeah and you feel like a when done right when you um you feel like a more of a connection to your body too like i feel like every day there wouldn't be a day goes by that i don't have some like sit on that ball or, or at some point i'm like doing something with that you just feel like a sounds kind of weird it does sound weird i just <laughs> said on sit ball. on a ball <laughs> <laughs> So what you do is you get it and you put it on your glute muscles so you don't actually sit in the, the split, the, the bit where you don't want to sit on the ball. So in the non-gay way, I'm sitting on my ball. Are you allowed to say that word anymore? I don't think I mean, you're you allowed to say I mean, you swan a lot anything. on this podcast. It's mine though. You're, oh, it's yours. Yeah, you can so just say just, whatever you back on. So, <laughs> back in, you got a beard. Yeah, back in. <laughs> we were just talking about that today because uh, we were talking about like the Corey Parker <laughs> podcast. Yep. Ainsley's like, oh, we should send it to the NRL. I was like, oh, I just kind of said fuck a few times though, but it's the internet. You call yourself the beeping podcast. Yeah, the beeping podcast. A, edit it, put a beep on it all the time. The thing is like, I don't know, it is, a, it is a debate worth having in a way because I'm probably cutting down some uh, maybe revenue streams or advertising because people aren't going to, but... I'd say definitely. Definitely. But if me and you have this conversation, hey. are we going to say fuck? You are a lot more than me. I'm, I'm media trained, so I, I no, know. No, but how if to... we're, ha- I'm talking away from media. If we have a conversation, come on, Robbie. Depends how influenced I am by your um, profanity. I say bullshit. Because <laughs> no. you're more Australian than me, mate. I remember when I was a kid, I used to do grommet surfing. People think I'm just a kook that rides a mobile on the No, ways, you're a pretty I, good surfer. I, I love surfing. I grew up surfing. And I was, I was, had dreams of being a professional surfer until. I've told Mick this, but I was uh, I was out at my local beach, and it was, a, it was one beach that Jones's used to pick up the ground swell. There'd be no waves on the whole eastern seaboard, and Jones's beach would have like a one foot wave. And we're out there, me and Robbo and a few of the boys, and sitting out the back. And this blonde guy runs down the beach with the board, and we're like, "Who's this?" And it's Mick Fanning, right? And he goes out, and we're sitting there, kind of 
you know, welcoming, welcomingly giving him a stink eye to our break. And, uh, Locals only, bro. Comes out and we're like, hey, what's up, man? And he goes in a wave and we're just like, he's all bam, bam, bam. Just like, that was about 20 Rios on this thing. And we're like, there's just buckets getting thrown all over the place. And we're like, wow, we're just pumping along and do, to do one Rio at the end. And I realized that day that maybe there's, I, I should go back and focus on my dirt bike riding because that's the one thing I already knew I was pretty good at. But uh, it's, um, it's, it's funny to, to think back. But yeah, the whole, um, when we were doing the grommet surfing, the point I was trying to make here was uh, there was a guy, Mick, I forget his last name, um, but he, Mick Mateus, I think his name was, Mick Matithius. Or something. I used to call him Mick Matuthas list, but <laughs> he was like um, part of the Christian, Christian board riders. And he said to us when we were young, trying to be the good influence he was, he's such a good dude, but he said, he's like, boys, because we had, like I was the, I was the um, cheekiest dude on, at the beach. Yeah. Who would have thought? And, uh, and I had a bit of a mouth on me and he said, People on this way who think they're cool, and uh, and, and so he's like they do it to try and come across cool and 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 be tough or whatever, and and so that's just I mean it's just stuck with me. So yeah, you know, cut the beards and around the right crew, I can drop a few f bombs. But at the end of the day, my goal for the last ten years, believe it or not, is try to be a good example. And uh, I think and you're so a pretty good example. I try my hardest. So. I do. Are you trying to say here that if I would swear a lot more that I actually. If I walk away from conversation and say, oh, man, I swore a lot then, and I was like, eh, that's not really me. It's not really what fair, I'm fair about. Call, so fair call. you can catch me out probably later in the evening, and when the ales are flowing, I may get a little loose around that, but it's probably the boys rubbing off on me more than me trying to be a cool guy. But Yeah, yeah I think anyway, that I think that they're just in Australia, like we... That, I mean, it's you, our culture. You know that. Yeah. I've been out of the country for so yeah. long, that, and I noticed I come back to Australia, and it's the C word is used a lot here, yeah. and I remember... And, and and even like the n-word gets used a lot here and we don't have that and i'm like you can't say that you know yeah. like that's to me i'm it's, it's kind of takes you back yeah i'm like well that's scary you can't say that it's, it's not acceptable but then in america the c word's not acceptable over there but they say it a lot here yeah. like too much so because i travel a lot i've become to this point where i just try not to swear because it's just not there's always someone you're upsetting and in the day it's like it's good to be good so yeah, you're right. It is hard to. I think that there there is like a culture around it, and and if you don't step out of that culture and it's accepted by in your circle or group you're yeah. in, well, then you don't understand why it could be bad, or you think it's acceptable because you don't get out of the people who who don't find it acceptable. But with me, you know, one minute I'm with, you know, surfing with the dudes at the beach, and the next minute I'm on the river, or ne- and then you know, next minute I'm at the neck minute I'm at a at a board meeting at a board at meeting, Bull, yeah. yeah. And so it's uh it's. I've found that I have to be... Um, a little bit more on it. Yeah. I find that it's it's weird because in America, people it almost encourage you to swear. Because how many Americans go like, oh, it just sounds so cool when you swear. Or like so much cooler. Like people... Yeah, they, they thrive on it. They, sure. they do. So it's like but, you uh, kind of get egged on when you're there. And then when you're here, like when I first left school... I worked in a brick factory. Yeah, yeah. And then I worked on job sites. Yeah. So it's like... Same as me, mate. I did apprenticeship in the steelworks and it was like, the tougher you were, the more swear yeah. you get into one sentence. Yeah, and that <laughs> whole like, that whole footy, like footy culture as well. So it is more of a... I think there's probably... It's culture for sure. There's probably like less, less religion here too. So I think that religions where it's real, like how many, but what frustrates me? I don't know if this frustrates Before you. Before we go to religion, down, I'm, I'm about to cut off pretty soon because I've got to go to unit and uh, see those units unit over there. boys. you got to get out of here? No, soon. Very, very soon. I'm starving too. I, I, wasn't, going, I wasn't going down the religion thing. What I was going to say. I wasn't, trying to, I wasn't trying to dance away from yeah. it either because 
But um, that that'll be for podcast Maddo number two. Maddo two. No, but when I've got the resort, that's where, where, when I got the self help resort going on, and then you know we just don't cater for religion. We we welcome all religions there. How about that one? It's just one love over there. So you should, mate. Yeah. So everyone do. should. We but do. you know, I was more gonna say the people that say like, oh f this, and you're like, well, you sort of said it, and you yeah, wanted okay. to say it. That you didn't say it, so it's like, what's better? And like, just pulling, just saying, like the first letter, or like, oh man, I was so effing angry. I'm like, isn't that the same thing? Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Um, you know, if you're angry, then own it and be angry. And if you want to swear, fucking swear. You know, I'll own it right there. But just to drop it all the time as a as, as a patter for a conversation, like, just say um. Yeah, you know? that's a that's what I think a lot of the time. Like if I'm swearing, it's because it's like a break in your sentence. Yeah, and yeah. You, I went down the beach, I was pumping, and then, uh, fuck we yeah, fucking no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got a fucking singer, and then fuck, and, uh, fuck yeah, yeah. It's, it's a patter for a conversation. Nah, that that's a good point. That's where I'll say that's if you're doing. And that's that, what I'm talking about. Yeah, if you're that's doing that, then that's a, that's an issue. But if you're like this fucking, then there's rage behind I, it. I think that's, there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, true. Leave it that. All right, well, Maddo, how do we? What do we? What do you got going on? Let's finish on some. Well, uh, let's finish on some new, stuff. mate. Um, I am about to go and get on snow bikes, and um, I'm, dude, that I'm, stuff looks sick. It's really cool. So, shout Scotty James, well done at the Olympics, brother. Um, I'm going to do a, a, a an edit with Scotty James. I'm really excited that about. We may have, rad. we may have a legendary surfer that I've spoken about in this earlier in this podcast joining us. So I hope he joins us, Blondie from uh, from the Goldie, but you can't guess it. Um, but anyway, um, hopefully Mick can join us. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're going to do something cool in the snow, which I'm really excited about, and um, get, do some snow bike stuff. Um, so I'm going to go back to the States here in the next week or so and, and just um, go to the snow and rip around and see what I can and can't do on these things. Working with Jacko Strong on um, on something pretty cool. And, uh, and um, yeah, I'm going to be riding my dirt bike a lot more now that I've, my body's getting better. So excited to hook up with my boys back in Cali, Twitch, and Tyler Berriman is a Dude, new, new Red, Red Bull, Red Bull athlete. guy. So I um, can't wait to get in. Uh, you know, i seen Tyler and, and Twitch just did an edit with Axel and the, like two yep. monster dudes and one Red Bull guy. So we're about to balance that out. And uh, yeah, so I'm mean, excited like, to wave, do some cool stuff with those guys. Him, he announces the Red Bull deal and then goes to New Zealand and just sends it. And it was like, I'm stoked for him to have a platform now because that's what Red Bull is. Red Bull is a platform where they're like, all right, you're one of our boys. What do you want to do? Yeah, exactly. And he hasn't had that before, man. No, like no. he's, everything he's done right now to this date has been him, his determination, him grinding out, him getting any platform that he can and performing. And now he's got Red Bull and I think we're in for some pretty exciting stuff with old TB. I, I agree. I agree. He's, uh, I can't wait to just get back with him and, and, and uh, have him come ride with me at the compound and be able to be there as a um, big brother figure, if you will, like just to, to help. I know he's got a lot of people in his corner, but, you know, um, I think Tyler, well, I know Tyler, and we all know Tyler's an amazing rider um, and he has a, the best ability and a great attitude. So, um, you know, I can't wait to just spend some time with him now. He's part of the family and be able to, not that I don't do it for everyone else, like it's always an open door, but... Um, Logistically, now it's easy to be in stuff. Yeah, we him. can do some cool stuff and, uh, you know, it's just, it's time to get back there, have some fun. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I just yeah, I'm I'm back on the bike, so I'm gonna be get. It's just been hard because obviously the support, being here for my wife, like while she's dealing with her mum, who her mum's doing great, is great news. And Helen is such a legend and such a fire. She looks amazing, and I'm so stoked with how she's bounced back. But uh, 
we came back and she was really looking sick and now she looks better than she looked before she got diagnosed with cancer so it's, it's amazing uh what the mind can do and what the positive um positivity of family around you and, and then also people are willing to flip over every stone and try every everything that there is um and, and she's she's bounced back incredibly and obviously chemotherapy's helped her out a lot too but um you know, coriolis mushroom um has been really cool for her um building her immune system and uh and then also um you know, a lot of a lot of vitamin c so and a great diet ketogenic diet too so um yeah but it's uh, back to on the bike for me I'm, I'm up here to um figure out what i'm doing with my moto gear um you know uh i i kind of been doing the madness which has been with sam and just trying to figure out that because um you know i just don't want to ride for anyone for free and and we have created through starting the madness we have really awesome cuts of gear and our fit is amazing and 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 the fabrics that, that sam has access to through his relationships with with uh people he's met through fist is like our gear feels like you're in pajamas it's freaking awesome it's so it's so good and it's hardy it's strong colors don't fade it's it's really cool so we i know we're just trying to figure that out but the guys that are at unit have had our back for a long time they've been helping us out with, with fist and um and so we kind of just that's what this trip is about to go and um lock them in their store and make them give us what we want no just joking <laughs> uh, but maybe vice versa but no just come up here and gel with those guys they're, they're good friends of ours so kamal and and uh and elias the mad dogs in town i'm coming over boys they know that already so. the mayor of goldie the yeah, mayors the mayors of goldie well thanks for coming dude this no, is sick I, awesome. I didn't this wasn't on my radar to do i just didn't know that you'd be around and then when you're around you're a bloody legend you come through and did it so man of the work it's what's important right nah you're you're a bloody legend we go way back we so do, mate. Let's, let's, um, let's golf again soon and uh very soon let me get on the bike and uh and ride some sessions with tyler and the boys and uh and get on the snow bikes and uh you know i'd like to think that uh halfway through this year i'd do this cool project with scotty james and um, and we've got something cool to talk about now Sick. that I'm back on the bike. But uh, yeah, I've been off the bike obviously for for this last year, and and uh, it's led me down a different path. But I've still maintained to be productive, and it's just taken me down different roads. So hopefully, it's one of positivity, and we helps people out, and uh, just keep uh, keep on keeping on. Sick. Well, smile. I'm gonna do that beach race with you. Let's make it happen. I'm in. Western beach race. I'm in for it. Like for right. real, I want to do it. Sweet. Let's make we'll, it happen. We'll line it up. Sweet. And what, hey, what, what, what bike are you going to ride first? CR 250, son. Are you really? Yeah. Dude, me and dad build a... I got a... Maddie has a old uh, 2010 Honda 450 and he grenaded it pre-run and think. So it sat in the shed for like four years. And then me and dad went and bought a 1998 CR 250 two-stroke off Gumtree. Went there, kick-started. Yeah, she runs. And then uh, one of our mates, Rapid Fab, he welded the motor into it and I've been riding it flat out. So you just need to find one in in. Uh, I'll just go. I'll just get a. Oh, they're like fifteen hundred bucks, man. Like an O two CR two fifty. Yeah, you just want to look in your gear, and you want that. You don't want that thing topping out down the main straight. You have to gear it long, but um, long mm. and strong, mate. There you go. All right, thanks, Matt. All right, boys. Thanks for having me on.